The following podcast is brought to you by Lady Norland's Cajun Cafe, RVA's favorite Cajun hideaway, in the fan at the corner of Maine and Stafford. Find out more at ladynorlands.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, nobody felt sorry for us when Vince Williams was out with an injury and Dayton came into the Siegel Center and wiped the floor with VCU. Nobody was crying any tears for this team. If they were playing any violins, they'd have been the tiniest of violins. Well, I am not going to be weeping for Oshun Oshuni's absence here either. Um, Because that is the nature of this beast, and VCU could have still messed this game up the start was pretty bad. And by the way, welcome to Rams Rewind, uh, sponsored by our pals, Lady Nolans. Get on down to Lady Nolans, enjoy some good Cajun food, celebrate a win like this, celebrate a great senior night for Keyshawn Curry and Vince Williams, and pretty much clinching the number two seed in the, uh, or actually, I shouldn't say clinching. Yeah, Dan Gaintanis, you're actually right. Clinching a top three seed and still giving ourselves a chance to win the the right conference regular season, get the one seed. But great teams don't show any mercy. If the, if the, if the circumstances break in their favor, they're not going to worry about it. They're just going to go play. Yes. It sucks for St. Bonaventure that as soon as was hurt, he is a great player in the paint and post area. He changes the game tremendously for them. And yeah, this game would have been a lot harder if he was in there. But he wasn't, and VCU did exactly what they needed to do. And you're exactly like Nick Green, you can't help other teams' injuries. You know, and what did VCU need to do? They needed to attack the paint and go after them on the dribble drives, get the ball in there, get the quality post-entry. And my God, did they do that. Uh, Points in the paint which actually ended up somewhat close because St. Bonaventure did a much better job in the first half on points in the paint, uh, or in the second half on points in the paint after they got their doors handed, blown off of them in the first half. But VCU overall, 44 to 30 points in the paint. For a long time in this game, VCU had more points in the paint than St. Bonaventure had points. And honestly, if VCU wasn't fouling so much at the end and St. Bonaventure made a bunch of free throws in the last few minutes, it would have been very close. And it ended up 16-16 in the second half. VCU absolutely dominated down there. They got Koulibaly in foul trouble right away. And he ends up you know, only playing 16 minutes and getting seven points. And, and there was just no way they were going to win. I mean, they needed, they needed 30. They probably needed about 30 minutes out of him. Uh, tonight, and and they probably needed, you know, about 11 or 12 points, and they didn't get that. But let's face it, their best players, I mean, we've, see, we've seen this. We've seen it happen to VCU. 
Uh, we we've seen, you know, when your best players just just get either it's the situation in the game or they miss a few shots early, lose some confidence, whatever. Lofton four of eleven, Welch three of thirteen, Attaway a four of sixteen, and they were missing some bunnies. They were missing some easy shots, and they were missing free throws. My God, you know you don't see them miss free throws as much as they do. They had to kind of warm up at the end of the game to get to eight of thirteen in the second half. And they just that 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 team. I don't know. I mean, they had more time to be prepared for Oshuni being out than than VCU had with Vince Williams being out. But you do wonder if it just affected everything because they you know they couldn't take certain gambles defensively, and when they did, they got they paid for it, and it really exposed them not having that eraser back there when when Baldwin or Curry, or none, or somebody else, you know, either got the quality entry into the post with the pass, or they drove in there, their defense just couldn't handle it. I mean, VCU was 17-20 inside the arc in the first half. I mean, that, you don't see that. You do not see that in college basketball, a team making that kind of, making that kind of shots from the two-point area. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, and and I mean it. And they cooled off a little bit. They were still eight to sixteen in the second half. So what is that? That's twenty five for. Let me think here. Twenty five for thirty six inside the arc. <laughs> I mean, that is nuts. That is not supposed to happen. Uh, no, not twenty five. Excuse me. What did I say? No. It, <laughs> Okay, now my math is off here because so it's twenty three. It was twenty three of thirty six, I guess. Not so. I I maybe the first half number was wrong then because I swore in the first half they were said okay they were fifteen. Excuse me, they were fifteen to twenty, not seventeen to twenty in the first half. Even still, seventy five percent from the two point area, unless it's three out of four, is nuts. And so you know that they end up for the game. They end up twenty three of thirty six from inside the arc, and you just you're gonna beat you can beat anybody in the country doing that, unless somehow you go you know two for twenty from outside the arc. I mean they were so efficient it was unreal for for chunks of this game, and and they had to be because there were other chunks of this game when they were turning it over like crazy. I mean for them to get they get seventy four points. They had at least two or three droughts of at least three minutes. They only had four points in the first four in the in, in, going to the first media timeout. They had twenty turnovers. So I mean, as bad a beating as this was, this could have been really out of hand. VCU could have really stomped a mud hole in them and walked it dry, to use a famous old phrase. Because I mean, if they could have had a halfway decent night, not turning the ball over. You know, this this could have been real ugly because when they weren't turning the ball over, as Mike Rhodes said, they were getting shots at the rim every possession. It was it was absolutely ridiculous. And here's the other thing. VCU on the backboard, 40 to 29. They out-rebounded them by 14, I think, in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. 13 in the first half. So in the second half, they lose the rebounding battle. Mainly, that's down to St. Bonaventure beating them on the offensive boards. 
VCU still had more second chance points in the second half, even though they had three less offensive boards. And for the game, they had more second chance points. And remember, there's a lot more opportunity for St. Bonaventure to get offensive rebounds because they're 18 of 55 from the field. That's 33%. VCU's over 50%, and they still got more second chance points. And they get more points off turnovers despite the fact they've got 20 in the game. Um, you know, it's it's just, it's a, it, this was amazing to watch. And yeah, and again, I know what all the folks today that are VCU fans are going to say. A lot of this is down to a shooting, and I'm not going to disagree with you. If we got to play them in the tournament and he's playing, that's going to be a hell for leather game. You can, you can guarantee it. But what, but the key is, if he does, if they do play him in the tournament, you make Asuni move side to side and you make him make choices. That's how you get fouls on him, get him out of the game, and you attack him. And you keep attacking him even if he blocks shots. I'll give St. Bonaventure this. They couldn't hit the broadside of a barn from three, and they just quit shooting them. They were three of 11 in the first half. They missed their first five in the second half, and they quit taking them because the only time they were scoring is when they were driving the basket. And that's going to be an interesting thing to watch for the second game. Are they going to, uh, If they play again, excuse me, it'll be a third game. If they play again in the tournament, are they going to attack? Are they going to attack VCU on the drive more, and maybe not shoot as many threes, or are they going to? Are they going to try to you know pop it into no shooting and, and do the kickout game? Because that's going to be a very interesting thing. Um, none, none had that. You know what? None wasn't on fire for most of the game, but he had that. He, they had to have that start to the second half. And none gets the fourth foul on Koulibaly and hits two threes, and the game is pretty much over after that. And again, none starting to fill the stat, stat sheet up when he doesn't score. He gets five assists tonight. And that's the other thing. VCU had 18 assists on 27 field goals, and Baldwin only had three, although his last two were something to behold. You know, Vince Williams, who heated up at the end of the game, but at one point in the game, Vince Williams was one for six. And he had five points, but he had five assists, and he had six rebounds, and he had steals as well. And it's just uh, it's it's one of the reasons I love Vince Williams so much is makes a bunch of plays sometimes without even touching the basketball. He's making a bunch of plays, and so it proves here: two steals, a block, six assists, seven boards, unbelievable. Uh, you know, Bruce, you mentioned it. It is a career high blocks for Hassan Ward six, and and really, that's what really put put the St. Bonaventure players out of whack because they're expecting to get foul calls, and he's getting the ball. He's getting all ball, and the refs, to their credit, ain't calling fouls when they expect them to. And thank goodness for that. So you know that he was defensively that was just magnificent. And he makes all four of his shots. Uh, you know, it was absolutely awesome. Yeah, Aces, that play, Jason Hutto from Ace. <laughs> I mean, that is, to me, that's about two out of ten to make that shot because the they talked about the English. The spin you have got to put 
and the rotation that's needed on that basketball for it to hit the backboard where it did and go in. Holy mackerel. That that was something else. That was absolutely something else. The only thing I'd say for Ace, and I'd say this for VCU in general, and I'd have to go back and look at the first four minutes because, again, I was still in the car. I, I done was done with work, but I was heading to where I was going to watch the game. They looked like they sounded like they were too excited at the start of the game, that they were so excited for this game that they were just that their brains were moving too fast for their bodies. And that's where they get those turnovers. And St. Bonaventure didn't take advantage of them. And that's great. And VCU defensively was really good. But you can't turn the ball over six times to start the game out of about seven or eight possessions. That's you can't have that. Because a Dayton a healthy SBU or SBU that's playing better. You know, any of these teams in this conference will jump on them. I mean, again, if they'd have been down 14-4 to in the first segment, it wouldn't have surprised me, and I would have been sitting there going, oh, God, we are in a mess. We are in an absolute mess. But having said that, they were really tremendous after that first four minutes until the last minute of the half. And then they made up for it, none made up for it. And they just, they never gave... St. Bonaventure, even even the the passing fancy that they could come back in this game. And and that's and that's what you're supposed to do. Uh and that's you know, that's Baldwin making making just timely assists and making getting steals and whatever. And they talked about it. Third most steals in the country, and he's missed eight games. And I think I'm gonna presume that if VCU gets to what is it? If they get to about 32 or 33 games for the season, he'll have played three quarters of the games, and he might be able to qualify for some for some uh, for some national rankings and individual stats at this point. But yeah, this this was this this was the kind of performance. And again, n- not nothing fancy. You know what? You didn't see a lot of tonight. You didn't see the trap a lot tonight. You didn't see them taking really ridiculous gambles. They played it straight, and they attacked the rim because they knew Ashuni wasn't in there. And you know, you see a weakness like that, you you are duty you are duty bound to try and exploit it as much as possible, and attack it and attack it and attack it because again, they do the same to you. You know, if I mean, and Dayton did the same to us when Vince wasn't out there. Uh, you know, so I, I that that I want to say that's a great coaching job by both teams. And yes, Jason Hutto, you mentioned eight in a row, one more win. And again, I am, I am counting. And maybe it's a fool. I'm a fool to do it, but I really believe Dayton's gonna gonna help us out on on this weekend and knock over the uh, knock over the uh, Wildcats. And which means if we can win the game at St. Louis, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna at least be tied for the championship and be a two seed, and maybe we'll get the one seed as well, depending on how everything else fit. Uh, picks up and yeah Jason Hutto I agree with that too uh the ball movement has been great uh the off the ball movement's been great you you know we had a couple of games here and there where we just where we saw guys just standing around and it has not been happening in the last few games and look that's how to, for them to get 74 points with 20 turnovers I mean really you know, if they have a normal, if they have a, not a normal for them, if they have a decent turnover game, which is about, you know, 14 turnovers or less, to me, 12 or less is what you're looking for. They're easily getting over 80 again. And it just, you know, you think about how much this offense struggled 
admittedly without Ace at the start of the year. It is a completely different ball game when you play VCU now than when you would have played them in November and December because you've got two or three or even four guys that can hurt you scoring a lot of points. You know, yeah, Baldwin gets 12, Williams gets 13, Curry gets 14, but you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys get at least seven points, and Stockard's the eighth guy that scores. And you got five different guys getting assists tonight. So it's like they can get a lot of teams going and coming. And it's not going to be easy for these teams because a lot of teams are going to say, well, you got to key on one or two guys or all this. You can't do that here. You cannot do that here. Say they take Baldwin away and they really lock him up. Vince Williams can be the point guard if need be. Uh, you know, say say you take Williams away scoring. Okay, Williams will still find a way to get rebounds, get assists, whatever. By the way, Williams and Baldwin, uh, game high seven rebounds tonight, both of them. Uh, again, helps that, that the Sunni's not there, but that's really terrific. Curry gets six rebounds tonight. The guards rebounded, and you see the result. A great performance on the backboard tonight. And let's see, if, if I'm not mistaken, this is yet another game where VCU did not trail. That's, yeah, VCU did not trail the entire game. So I think we're on four straight games now where VCU hasn't trailed for one second. And it doesn't matter who you're playing, that's impressive. Because that is very hard to do. Because, you know, early in a game when it's close, you get those things can, that can happen and somebody can make a mistake or whatever. And you're going to be trailing, but but yeah. And, of course, yeah, the Curry ankle was a little concerning, but outside of that, you know, and again, he got back in the game, which is all right. So he's going to be just fine. And that's, uh, that's you know, that's okay. So now we, we have... It's hard to believe we're here, but we're here. We are now at the last game of the regular season. And it's not as massive in one sense as I thought it would be because I thought there was some chance that at, at a certain point that St. Louis could be in the same, you know, could be fighting for a position like right alongside BCU. And we would be talking about this game as, you know, if St. Louis beats us, they're going to finish above us. Now, that's not the case, obviously. As I attempt to get the uh, Atlantic 10 uh, standings up, and of course my computer has now decided to be slow at the uh, imperfect time, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, St. Louis has fallen away a little bit. But as as was rightly pointed out uh, by Jason Hutto and others, it's quad one, and again another quad one win here could would be could absolutely be could absolutely be the ticket to get to getting in. Because look. You know, one of the, I mean, who knows what the criterion looks like now, but this is now 11 out of 12 since they lost the back-to-back games to St. Bonaventure and Davidson in early, in, in the middle of January. Yes, the one in that 11 out of 12 uh, was, was a 30-point loss at home, but it was also without one of our best players, and that is something that, um, that, uh, that, that the committee will will know that and we'll have to take that and, and we'll take that into account or they should anyway. So that's something that's important. That's something that's important 
uh, there. But they are smoking hot right now. They're playing great. And I think if they win that game, they're going to have a really good case. Um, and you're right, Bruce Stevens and Vanderbilt may very well play themselves out of being a quad one win because they choked tonight. Um, oh, nice, nice Chris, Chris Conway. Very nice. Chris Conway uh, was, was there, and now he and Daryl Houston are having a few, having a few uh, celebratory drinks after the game, which, of course, we are, we are absolutely in favor of that. And uh, I certainly wouldn't mind a few uh, G&T myself. Uh, so, yeah, you know, St. Louis. Now, St. Louis. No, that's the thing. St. Louis cannot get the top four bid because they lost twice to St. Bonaventure. So, St. Louis is playing to stay in fifth because they got to stay ahead of Richmond as well. So that's what they're playing for now, and that's that's the situation there. And of course, you know, I wouldn't mind Richmond finishing ahead of St. Louis and bumping St. Louis to the other side of that bracket. But that's you know, we'll see we'll see about that when time comes. Um, and I and I and I mean again, it's you know. These teams are going to come. I, the, what often happens is what Joe Lunardi says is that a lot of teams play themselves out, and if VCU keeps winning like they have, some of these teams are going to fall by the wayside. Although, again, we haven't gotten t- tons of help the last few days from the bubble. You know, Kev Syracuse blew that game against Carolina when they had a chance, which could have helped us both ways, just like Vanderbilt could have helped us both ways tonight, and they didn't. San Diego State won at Wyoming last night. That was a big win for them. And they're one of those teams we're, we're fighting with too. But I, again, I, I think the fact that they played well, that they played well down in the Bahamas without Ace Baldwin, and then look at the, looking at the record they have with Ace Baldwin, I'd love to think that they're going to take some of that into account uh, and, and take into account, you know, that we were missing a really, really important player when Dayton kicked the holy hell out of us. I'll be honest. One good thing about VCU not getting the one seed would be a third game with Dayton, and I wonder if in the if in the minds of the committee, if VCU had to could play Dayton again and beat them, then maybe that would minimize the, the damage of losing to them by thirty at home. I don't know. And so for those of you that are like, yeah, we don't want to be a one seed or whatever, that's probably the one thing that would be that would be. Um, that would be good about not being the one seed. That said, uh, given how this could shake out, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind being the one seed, especially because that means Davidson and Dayton would likely would be in the other half of the draw, and I think that that we could end up with a halfway decent draw, especially if Richmond can get over St. Louis, which we can help do. We can help that. We can help make that happen by beating St. Louis on Saturday, and and winning that game. All right, so that game is Saturday, and it is ESPN or ESPN2. It's 4 p.m. I am doing everything in my power to try to switch my shifts to get that off. I have not been successful. I hope, fingers and toes crossed, that somehow, some way, I'll either end up an alternate and not have to drive, or somebody somebody will be willing to make a trade with me on that. They're very It's very hard to do that, but I'm trying my best. Uh, I am really trying my best so we can get that game off. Um, well, two things. I'm going to answer two of these. Jason Hutto, the conference title pays dividends because 
The A-10 regular season champ has never been left out of the NCAA tournament. So that that has mattered. And it would be a little – and, of course, it com- gets complicated a little bit if there's a tie for the title, which is what we're look- – what, what we in all, all likelihood we're looking at uh, in this, you know, if, if, with Davidson. Because I think – let me see here. Who the heck – I don't even know who's got Davidson's got tomorrow. Uh, we're going to look right now, though. Davidson has – George Mason at home tomorrow on on the plus. So I wouldn't think it's likely that Davidson's going to lose that. So if Davidson wins that, that's at least a tie for the title. So that could complicate that stat a little bit. But I really do think if you win, if we share the title, we're getting in. But but Bruce is also right. The committee has never never been very kind to us at all. Um, not with not with where we've had to play. Not with you know, not with when we've had to play and all that kind of stuff. And of course, what happened last year, the less said about that, the better. But again, we're also putting a lot of carts before the horse. You know, St. Louis game, can we can really help ourselves on both ends because I'd certainly like to get Richmond into that fifth spot and get St. Louis on the other side of the bracket so they can maybe uh, give uh, Davidson or, or, uh, or Dayton or both of them a real problem. Uh, and if we can win that, then we're all counting on then we're all counting on Dayton Saturday to help us to do the business for us there. By the way, well that's well okay. VCU's going to know what the situation is when they take the floor on Saturday because Davidson Dayton is twelve thirty, which means I know what I'm doing. It I know what I'm doing if I'm working at twelve thirty. I'll be getting that game on my phone to listen to that. You'd, you'd almost like a sense of theater and have that game be after VCU, but I guess that's not going to be the case. So that'll be interesting. So VCU will know exactly where they stand when they hit the floor because Davidson and Dayton game will be over with by then. And whether they scoreboard watch or not, and I do think that some players probably do, and maybe even some of the coaches do, that'll make that'll be interesting because you know there's no doubt about it. You know, you know, you know what the situation is. St. Louis will know what the situation is as well uh, for them because because I think Richmond plays Friday night, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm, yeah, the Richmond plays St. Bonaventure Friday night, so that's kind of a big game too. Uh, so you know, they'll St. Louis will know what their situation is also. Oh, uh, very nice, John Eckert. Yeah, uh, I think it was April April D. Hirsch Sullivan sent me this. Uh, uh, sent me a couple shirts because I was always wearing the same VCU baseball shirt from a long time back when they made the uh, Super Regional and got got screwed over in Miami because uh, I went down there to see that because it was only about three hours from where I lived. Uh, but I really do, uh, I really do, I really do think it, it, it that it actually might be a good thing that when VCU hits the floor on Saturday, they're gonna know exactly what the deal is and to me i always prefer that it's like okay if we win we can win this conference if we lose we'll be the third you know we'll be the third seed whatever okay fine let's go let's go and see what's going on here um yeah if that john that would have probably required an overtime or two even with the way even with the way saint bonaventure was missing shots it was going to be hard to get the rebound record uh because, but golly Moses, VCU's VCU's rebounding was—I mean, 
you just you don't expect to see VCU out rebound a team by 13 in the first half, and, and you know that was really ter- really terrific. And look, you know that's another thing. Brown Jones, even though he didn't have a lot of rebounds tonight, I think it I think it does say something about this team that where they've really struggled on rebounding. He's he's helped them pick things up there. Uh, and, and I think that that's, you know, I, I think that's something that, that, and yet again, another good game from him, eight points, made three out of four, did miss a couple free throws, but whatever, by the way, VCU, uh, 16 to 20 from the foul line tonight, take that every time. But yeah, v, VCU's rebounding has really started to get, look really good the last few games. And if they, if they can somehow maintain that in, in postseason oh, it's going to be hard to beat this team because they're already a really good defensive team. Their offense, which, you know, had the terrible starts of the season but has really taken off since Ace Baldwin's come back and has really taken off the last four or five games. If VCU can actually rebound the ball really well also, that does not leave a lot of avenues for teams to really attack us because, you know, we're really starting to to do do well with some of these things that were real weaknesses for us. But, of course, the turnovers is still there, and we got to do a better job on that. So, Saturday, like I said, I'm trying my darndest, but if I don't get it off, that does not mean – that means uh, – that does not mean – well, that means – or excuse me, that means there won't be a live video as I record this. I'll watch it, or I'll try to rewatch it, and then give you a pod that will drop Sunday morning. And then, I don't know, probably going to – Probably going to do a tournament preview pod. I'm not sure yet. I have to. I have to consult on that. But uh, I'm thinking about uh, doing a p- tournament preview uh, Wednesday night of next week. When either Wednesday or Thursday night of next week, probably Wednesday night, uh, since it'll only be the uh, the uh, depressing bottom four teams playing then. Uh, so it might be worth it. Might be worth doing it then. So that's the plans. Cross your fingers and toes that somehow I can get somebody to. I can convince somebody to uh, let me switch uh, Friday for Saturday. Also, VCU women in the A10 tournament. Uh, let's cheer them on. Let's let's remember them. Let me get the uh, let me get that bracket up real quick. Uh, hold on one second here. Let me get that bracket up real quick. But uh, the women, the women are in the the women have finished their season. They got they got in the top four. I believe they're seated fourth. Uh, so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna play, they're gonna play on Friday in the quarterfinals up in Delaware. They're gonna play either LaSalle or GW or St. Bonaventure, uh, and that's gonna be a one thirty game. That's ESPN Plus on Friday. So let's let's cheer the ladies on as well, and cross our fingers that they can pull it off again, pull off another tournament run and win this tournament again, because that'd be fantastic. Going to be tough with Dayton and Rhode Island in there, but they beat Dayton, so they got a chance. So let's remember the women as well, cheer them on also, and hopefully they can uh, they can, they can can make something happen there. So that's it. I want to thank everybody uh, in, the, in the group for all the comments during the games and the game thread. VCU good and the bad and the ugly people. Join up with us and enjoy the games with us and the, and the uh, live videos when we have them after the games because they're a lot of fun. Thank you for all the comments. As always, thank you in podcast land out for uh, for listening. Remember our friends at Lady Nolans, our wonderful sponsors, and Lord willing, hopefully Saturday, but if not, Sunday podcast will drop 
Uh, talk to you then. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.